This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is your nutritional cheat code. Pour one pack of Athletic Greens into a glass of water, mix it up, slam it down, and you have your daily allotment of vitamins, minerals, and superfoods. You can now, through Wrestling Changed My Life, through this awesome offer, go to athleticgreens.com WCML, get a one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Athleticgreens.com slash WCML. One year supply of vitamin D droplets and five free travel packs. I remember being back in that tunnel. It, it, it was almost a calming feeling. I wasn't nervous. I mean, I had already been in the finals before. Um, it, it, was, it, it was very calm, to be honest, but there, there just wasn't a doubt, a hesitation in my mind that I was going to go win that match. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is Troy Nickerson, head coach at the University of Northern Colorado. Back in his competitive days, one of the best high school wrestlers that we've ever seen. He was the first five-time New York State champ. He won Fargo five times. And in 2004, he was the Double Outstanding Wrestler Award. He was the OW in Junior Greco and the OW in Junior Freestyle. Truly stunning. In college, Troy wrestled for Cornell, where he was an NCAA champ, four-time All-American. Then he went on to coach at Iowa State. And now, as we said, he's the head coach at Northern Colorado. I love this conversation. I hope you do as well. So enjoy, folks. Fan of the week goes to our friend Andrew Brown from Flint, Michigan. Stand up, Flint. Andrew Brown is the proud new owner of a Wrestling Change My Life t-shirt and a Wrestling Change My Life sticker. You can support this podcast by going to store.wrestlingchangemylife.com to buy some merch. I should also mention, folks, that the World Championships are going on as we speak. The women have been lighting it up all week. This morning was the first day for men's freestyle, and we put on a clinic. Now, granted, Russia's not there, but right now the U.S. and Iran are tied for first. David Taylor's in the finals. Jordan Burroughs is in the finals. Zane Rutherford in the finals. Aiden Zilmer lost a close one, and he's out. And then we have uh, three more weight classes starting tomorrow morning. So... 3.30 a.m. Central Time on Flow. Check out the World Championships. You're witnessing one of the best American teams we've had in a while. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for Troy 
Nickerson. Peace! Troy Nickerson, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I remember coming up in the ranks, you know, when I was wrestling, you were a couple years ahead and just lighting lighting the world on fire, and now you're, you're leading a program. So I'm so glad to have you on, and you spent time at Cornell, and I love, I love those guys. So we'll have some fun today. Uh, I wanted to start, though, with the moment you got the call to join Northern Colorado. How, how did it even get on your radar? It wasn't, um, you know, and I, it's, it's funny. I mean, I joke about this, you know, when people ask me, you know, how'd you end up out there and whatnot. Um, I mean, I, I obviously, I, was re- I felt like I was ready to be a head coach. And I was looking for the right opportunity and I saw this open up and immediately my mind just went to, didn't even know they were division one, like I'm not interested. And um, the first phone call I got from our athletic director here, um, still our athletic director, you know, asking me, Hey, would you be interested in, you know, being our next wrestling coach? I told him no. <laughs> and uh, you know, conversation <laughs> kind of, it, it ended pretty abrupt, uh, abruptly. Um, but then I got a call about 20 minutes later from Mike Moyer at the coach association. He said, Troy, like, just hear me out. It's not that bad. <laughs> and, you know, I talked to Mike and I ended up getting back on the phone with our AD here. And, uh, you know, they explained some things to me about the program, which I was naive to at the time and didn't really know. And, you know, very quickly I realized, Hey, actually we can turn this into a winning program and, um, you know, kind of. I mean, here I am eight years later, right? So um, it's, it's been a fun, fun ride so far. I love that initially you said no, you went back to them. What, what was it about the, was it like the community? Was it the campus? What, what were some of the hooks for you? You know, the, the biggest thing was we had at the time, it was about a five and a half million dollar endowment for wrestling, you know? So I knew the financial support was here. Um, the people within the university um, were here. One of our former presidents, um, you know, is a huge supporter of wrestling. The uh, current president, when I got hired, her husband was a high school college wrestler. Um, so there was a lot of wrestling people here in the area, just which again, in order to have success, I mean, it doesn't take one person, it takes an army, right? And t- to be able to have all those people on your side, um, as well as a pretty supportive uh, alumni base, it was, it was very encouraging. You know, and uh, I spent some time out at the Olympic Training Center when I was still competing for a quick minute. And during my free time, I got to spend time, you know, coaching some of these youth programs. And you had, you know, I mean, I I remember doing individuals with Ryan Deacon and Colton Schultz when they were six years old, right, eight years Mm -hmm. old. And so I knew and you could tell at a very early age that these kids were going to be pretty special. Right. So I knew the talent was here in Colorado and being the only show in town, being the only public division one institution in the state. I mean, there was just a lot of benefits and advantages that we had going for it. And um, there was, there was only one direction to go to just up, right. I mean, we were pretty bad. So it was, it was a a fun challenge um, for me that I looked forward to. And really ultimately I was looking for something like that because as an athlete, I mean, you know, we took a lot of pride in in turning Cornell kind of into the monster it is today and, um, you know, I felt like I could sell that vision because I did it myself. Right. And, um, that, that's what we've been up to, right. Just trying to get the best kids in here to, um, help us take that next step. And I noticed that you've grown the endowment by, you know, two and a half million, maybe even more. So like how much of your time is focused on, on, I call it the Rob Cole position where he's doing the fundraising, he's doing everything. 
and uh, versus being in the room, like running the practices? A lot, you know, I mean, again, I mean, obviously I was mentored under Rob, you know, so I've really taken, you know, a lot of his traits with me. Um, That's the part of the job I enjoy, you know, friend building, building people that want to support the program. So I'm fully invested into, you know, the the fundraising piece and then the uh, the recruitment piece, right? I think those are the two ways that we can grow this program the fastest. Um, I'm very fortunate that I have excellent assistant coaches and um, I can really trust them to the day-to-day and worrying about, you know, making sure the kids have everything they need. You know, I, I still, I'm still in the room. I mean, I'm only 35. I'll get on the mat and beat these guys up if I have to. Um, <laughs> just the other day in preseason here, I, I went and ran with them, you know, during one of our uh, individual runs and, uh, you know, I probably beat too many guys uh, as I told them <laughs> afterwards, but uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy all aspects of the job, but in order to, for us to reach our goals, it, it's really that fundraising piece and the recruitment piece, which are going to have the most gain. Yeah. I mean, plus, you know, us being, you know, like I said, in our thirties, you know, being, you know, quality of life and living in a cool spot is a lot. Like Colorado is an amazing place to live. I mean, there's out of all the D one places to live of D one programs, you definitely have uh, something going for you there. It could be worse. It could be <laughs> a lot worse. You know, I mean, I, I, I always joke where, uh, you know, I mean, I, grew up in Binghamton, New York, and uh, didn't know any better. I mean, the place was miserable, you know, in a lot of ways. I later found out it was like the eighth cloudiest city in America. Like, I didn't know any better, right? I just, I grew up there. And I went just 45 minutes up the road to Ithaca, and I'm like, wow, it's sunny here. And then I went to uh, Iowa State and coached there for a while. I'm like, wow, it's sunny here. And now I'm in Colorado. We get 300 days of sun. Like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Right. So we, we are very spoiled here. Um, you know, the weather is great. There's so much to do. Um, I, I wish I could say I've taken advantage of living in Colorado. I, I haven't. My wife has. Um, I, you know, I don't have the time, but at the same time, I, I enjoy what I do on a day to day basis. And it, it, it's fun for me. Do you have a Subaru or a Patagonia? <laughs> I don't have either. I may have a Patagonia. My wife probably bought me one. I do not own a Subaru though. Uh, my, my new assistant coach that I just hired though, Justin Oliver, he, uh, he drives a Subaru. So he was kind of built to be in Colorado. It's right in. It's right in. <laughs> I grew up in the quad cities, uh, Western Illinois. And our claim to fame is that we're on interstate 80. And like what, every time you would see a car with Colorado plates, it had, it was a Subaru. And then I, I lived in California, come to find out the joke goes there too. So I had to ask, and you know, you mentioned you grew up in Binghamton, went to Cornell, and now we're talking about one of the most legendary high school careers of all time. Back when you were back when you were in high school, man. So I had read that a big turning point for you was seventh grade. You almost made it to the state tournament. Talk to us about that and how that lit a fire for you. Yeah, it was one of those, um, you know, I, I, I started wrestling at five years old. I was always, for the most part, pretty good. I was never the best, you know, but I, I, I had plenty of success. And, you know, again, right about that middle school age, right, is when I finally started taking that ownership in it, right? I mean, you know, I wanted to go to practice. It wasn't my dad just saying, hey, we're going to practice tonight, right? So there was a lot of, you know, those changes happening within my life. And, um, you know, I, I was putting in a decent amount of effort um, that seventh grade year. And, you know, I, I had never not made it to at least the end, right? The end goal, which, you know, at that point was the state tournament and uh, it hurt, right? I remember losing that match and I, I probably wasn't even supposed to win that match, but it really hurt, you know? So that summer, I, I really just took it upon myself to 
you know, really try to make those gains and um, it, it paid off for me in the long run. So what does that look like? Is that you just doing a lot of freestyle or is it running and lifting? What were some of the stuff you were doing that year? It, it was everything. You know, I, I think I um, competed a lot that summer. I think I, you know, really took a, a vested interest in, in making sure I was getting better. But um, it, it was a lot of getting bigger as well. Um, you know, my seventh grade year, I, um, I was wrestling at 96 pounds with the weight class. And, you know, I was weighing probably 85 soaking wet. You know, I was tiny. I mean, I was mm-hmm. drinking water before I stepped on the scale just so I could weigh the minimum, you know, <laughs> things like that. So it was, um, you know, just growing into the weight class a little bit. And, you know, by my eighth grade year, I was finally, you know, at least a full 96 pounds, which made it a little easier, but um, it, it was just that maturity factor of taking ownership in something and, and really seeing it through from start to finish. And one of the clubs I heard you wrestled for during this time was the Shamrock Club. And, you know, Scott Green, who's now at Army, was was a big part of that. If not, yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. I saw he was a coach. Was he the main guy who started it and, like, ran it? Yeah, that, w- that was Scotty's club, you know. And, and we had an excellent freestyle and Greco program, you know. I mean, it was uh, just a, an, a great situation where you had the best kids in Section 4, which was our area in upstate New York that during the summertime we got together and, and we all beat the heck out of each other. Right. And I mean, we just had some fantastic teams some club dual teams, um, you know, really before the club dual stuff was even a thing right now, it's mm-hmm. now it's everywhere, but um, it, it was just that, you know, the, you know, wrestle the best to be the best, you know, it's kind of a survival of the fittest in a sense. So we we've had so many, you know, all Americans, national champions come through that room. I mean, it's incredible. And uh, you know, again, I think Scotty, He's an excellent coach and he just did a great job of cultivating relationships and getting the right people what they needed. You know, he wasn't one of those coaches that really had an ego. Um, it was just about what could he do for the kids and for the sport and for the area. And, um, you know, it, it, it benefited all of us. And didn't you guys have like seven or eight Greco champs one year from that club alone at Fargo? Um, I, I, I don't think it was from the club, but I know New York did. Um, I, I can't remember what year it was, but one year we, we in Greco, like you said, we, we, we just totally dominated as a state. And, um, you know, there was, I think it was probably mainly Shamrock guys. There was probably a couple of Atwood guys in there. Um, but you know, it, it was just a great time to be part of New York wrestling. Right. And, um, you know, that success breeds success. And, uh, I, you know, I was even looking through some old stuff the other day, my wife's got me cleaning out the closets. Right. And, you know, I, I think it was my senior year in high school um, at Senior Nationals. New York had an incredible showing, right? So I was very fortunate to grow up in an era where wrestling was very strong there. Yeah. Is New York one division or two divisions for the state tournament? So now it's two divisions. It was one division when I was coming through. It kind of changed. I think it was my senior year. And do you guys wear the, the singlet of the district in the state finals instead of your high school singlet? We, we used to, um, I don't think they do it anymore or as much. Um, but yeah, I mean, New York was a very tough state to, uh, to win, you know, it's a tough state just to get to the t- uh, state tournament. Um, you qualified through your section and back in the day you had to win your section just to get to the, uh, the state tournament. You know, there wow. was a le- there was 11 sections. You had the Catholic schools and the private schools. Um, so there was 13 guys at the state tournament. I mean, I, I remember multiple times, the guy that lost in the section finals was probably the second best guy in the state and he didn't even get to go. You know, I, I know now they've changed it right with the two divisions. They allow wild cards and things like that, which I think is good for the sport. 
Um, but back in the day, I mean, that was a one heck of a tough state tournament. So all five years you won it one division. My senior year was two divisions, two divisions. Wow. Yep. And for, in a, you know, for folks listening, I'll have already mentioned this in the intro, but first five times state champion, New York history. When did you realize that was a goal that you wanted to pursue? Um, it really wasn't, you know, I mean, I, I remember growing up and watching Jesse Jansen win his fourth title, be the first one ever to do it. Um, I, you know, I always, you know, thought, Hey, yeah, that would be cool. Right. That'd be great to be able to do that. Um, winning as an eighth grader, obviously it put it in my head, but it was never really something that, um, you know, I was, I was really striving for, right. It mm -hmm. was always just more getting better and getting the most out of my ability. Um, you know, I, I remember my first couple of years of high school, um, you know, there were, there was serious thought about, uh, going to Blair Academy, you know, I mean, I, I mean, so much thought as I, I remember, I mean, we, we had the paper signed at one point, um, oh. you know, so it, it was, um, you know, that was a hard decision, but it was, it was ultimately what was best for me and what was best. You know, I, I obviously was very close to my family. That was probably the one thing that kept me back, but uh, we, we created an environment where I was still having great training partners and people that around me that supported me. And what I was ultimately trying to do was getting to the next level. So what, what uh, grade were you looking at going to Blair? Gosh, it was probably my ninth grade year, 10th grade year and 11th grade year. Right. It was probably all three. Um, you know, probably at the time, Jeff Buxton probably hated me at some point, <laughs> I, you know, we, we'd have the conversation every year and it just never happened. But, um, you know, it, it was, again, Blair was two hours away. Um, it was a place that probably throughout the season, I, I was down there once a week, just in their room training, just getting, you know, a different feel, different environment. Um, again, they were all, even though I kept telling them, no, ultimately they're great. Let, let me keep come down and, and train with those guys. But, uh, you know, it was, um, you know, that, that was a huge part of my success growing up as well. Just being able to train with those guys all the time. When I was going to ask you, you know, everything you read about you is that incredible discipline and very consistent, but also the technique just off the chart. So did you learn a lot of the technique just from, just from you know, your father, your high school coaches, uh, or is there anyone who was like a real impact on the technical aspect of it for you? I, I can't really say that there was one person that technically like, Hey, they really took me to that next level. But, um, you know, my father, he grew up dirt poor. I mean, moved 27 times during his childhood, um, never really had the opportunity to wrestle, loved the sport, just never had a chance to do it. Right. And, um, I was very fortunate that he retired at a very young age when, um, you know, I, I was just in diapers still and, um, having him there and recognizing that, Hey, he wasn't an expert in it, but he was going to make it a goal of his to put me around the best that he could find. And so he took me all up and down the East coast, all throughout the country a few times a year, just to try to find the best people to surround me around that could help me reach my goals. And uh, that, that was ultimately, you know, the best thing for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's clear that you are, you know, super advanced. I mean, the one year at Fargo, you were double OW, which is like, you pinch yourself when you're reading some of this shit, you're like, what the heck? And I, I love the story though, how the, the previous year, Paul Donahoe was first team all American on, on the ASICS board and you had beaten him head to head. And, I don't know if ASICs didn't know that or, or what their excuse was, but you kind of had a chip on your shoulder going into Fargo that next year. Is, is that a story you remember? I, I briefly. Yeah. Um, 
I, I didn't remember it was Paul that was ahead of me at the time, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I remember feeling snubbed one year and um, you know, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Did it provide probably a little extra motivation? Sure. Um, but I mean, it certainly wasn't something I was thinking about going into those Fargo's. I mean, it was really just making sure that I was at my best. And um, I, I think again, you know, with New York wrestling at that time, we had a great training camp. Um, I, I really believe, I was well prepared and, um, it was just, uh, that was my time. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, w- I watched the interview you did with Earl where it was like, you never lost a Greco match ever. <laughs> so, ever to this day. Never, never will either. <laughs> undefeated baby, <laughs> man. That's crazy. Um, and so you must've been recruited by every school in the country. How did, um, who did, I guess who recruited you besides Cornell before we get to that piece? Almost every school in the country, yeah. <laughs> almost every school. And again, that was back before cell phones and everything. So, I mean, I was very fortunate in a lot of ways because, uh, you know, my, uh, my parents got to screen a lot of those calls, right? Otherwise, I, I can not imagine some of the pressure that these kids are under today, right? I feel bad for them in, in a little way, little ways. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't know what I wanted. You know, I, um, the academics was very important to me at the time. I, I w- was pretty dead set on, you know, becoming a physician at some point later down the road. Um, but I didn't know what I wanted. I, I looked at everything from, you know, Harvard to West Virginia. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, Cornell was never, you know, in my mind, it was really never considered in a sense, but it was one of those where it was almost too close to home and you just didn't think about it. Right. Um, I trained up there a lot, my, you know, junior and senior at high school, another one of those training opportunities that my father had helped set up, right? Um, but ultimately, I, I remember specifically, because I, I uh, committed late, it was at the, uh, I think it was at the Southern Scuffle is where it was. And, uh, you know, Minnesota was in the picture at the time. And, you know, I was very heavily considering going to Minnesota. Um, Schlater had committed, a bunch of other guys had committed, you know, we, we really had a stacked class that was going there. And um, they, they recruited me heavily. And I remember, I think Cornell beat Minnesota or finished ahead of them at the scuffle that year. And it was one of those things where I just wasn't even thinking of it. It's like, wow, they're actually, they're not bad. <laughs> right. At yeah. the time, Minnesota was pretty good. So, um, you know, it was, it was that aha moment for me where it was like, um, I, I can stay close to home. I can get the great degree and I can win at wrestling right here at home. Why would I go anywhere else? And um, ultimately it was the choice I made. And uh, for me, it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny hearing you say this because this is pre-Cornell's dominance and, and they had had Travis Lee and definitely the program was on the rise, you know, from, from the 90s where it was Spates and to Rob Cole and you know, Dr. David Hurst, you know, won one, but really wasn't like the hammer of a program that it was. And you were one of the first, you know, big recruits that they brought in and, you know, your senior year, you guys ended up taking second in the country, which was, which was unheard of for Cornell um, before that. Um, but once you get on, on campus, were the academics a shock to you because you were a you know, solid student in high school, but what was that experience like? I was a decent student in high school. You know, I, I, I was probably smart enough where I didn't really have to put in the time, um, in high school. But, uh, once I got to college, it was a shock. I, I had to put in the time, you know, so I struggled early on. Um, I, I think, you know, just the entire experience of, you know, getting into the college wrestling, it, it was, it was a shock to me a little bit, you know, but, uh, I was very fortunate to have some great upperclassmen leadership, you know, guys like Mike Mormile and Joe Mazurko, who were just 
fantastic leaders, you know, and just kind of, you know, I remember first day walking in the room and, you know, like Mormile grabbing me and saying, Hey, you're listening with me, you know, and just taking me under their wing and, you know, showing me the way a little bit. And that, that was very instrumental in, you know, having that success right out of the gate. And, um, you know, and then obviously my coaches, right. Like Steve Garland. I mean, I, we probably, you know, I'd like to say I beat him up a little bit back then, but it probably didn't happen. It was more him kicking my butt every day, but I mean, it was, it was just so huge in being able to, uh, to get me to ready to be in the finals as a freshman. Right. I mean, just all those little things just really impacted it. Yeah. Steve's awesome. We've had him on the podcast energy through the roof. Uh, he, oh, yeah. he's a big, big hype guy. And I, him and Rob together would have been, would have been an interesting team. Um, and so your freshman year is the only year you get through unscathed from the injury bug, make it all the way to the NCAA finals. So by all accounts, one of the best freshman years you could have, what happened in your sophomore year with the back injury? When did that arise? You know, the back thing was something that bothered me a little bit in high school. Um, but it was, it was really, um, something that I could just manage. And honestly, I was just, I was just so much better than everybody in high school that I could make it through it. Right. I figured it out, but um, you know, I've got a chronic issue with a, a, a rib dislocating from the back of my spine, you know, and when that happens, if you ever had it happen, I mean, it, it like paralyzes you, you can't walk. And um, there was one rib that was really bothering me that season. And, you know, it, by the time I got to the national tournament, I was fine, right? But the one thing it really impacted was um, my training, and it impacted my conditioning. And, um, you know, I remember going into that national tournament, and um, I believe it was Donahoe that I wrestled in the uh, semifinals there. And I think we went into overtime. Um, I, I was, I was hurt. I was dying right a little bit. So I think that really impacted me and um, you know, it is what it is, right? I mean, the, this college wrestling stuff is a grind. Um, very few times you're going to go through hundred percent healthy and you just got to be ready for the moment and just anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at the fact that you didn't redshirt, so you, freshman year you get through, second in the country, your sophomore year, despite the injury, still take a third. That's a quick two years, though. And, you know, for you, the expectations must have been as high as ever, not even from the outside world, but for yourself. And so when you, you know, tore your labrum your junior year, and you're, you're out for like the next eight, you know, basically 18 months, does, does any self-doubt start to creep in if this thing's ever going to happen for you? Or like, where were you at mentally during that rehab? No, I think, I think I was in a pretty good spot, really. You know, I mean, the injury, the shoulder injury was, it was kind of funny because I mean, you know, I had had the back stuff. I had little stuff right throughout my entire career, but nothing major. And, um, that summer in between that sophomore and junior season, I, um, again, I didn't really know anything about, you know, making these world teams and whatnot. And, you know, it was one of those spur of the moment things like, Hey, let's go to the last chance qualifier. Let's, try to make a world team. Right. Right. I mean, you know, whatever. Right. I, yeah. you know, I, I win the last chance qualifier. I go to the world team trials at 60 kilo, I believe it was, which again, there was, I had no business being at 60 kilo. I should have been down at 55 at that time. And, um, you know, I, I wrestled through the tournament. Um, Zach Roberson beats me up by getting the backside. And I think it was, uh, Gosh, it was one of the Keith brothers. I can't remember which ones I wrestled um, in that tournament, but during that match, I felt my shoulder pop, you know, and um, I ended up losing that match and uh, didn't really think much of it, right? Because I had never really had a serious injury. So felt my shoulder pop. It was sore for a couple of weeks, but I took time off. Didn't really bother me. 
Well, I got back in the fall, you know, training for the uh, fall season. And I remember one day in practice, um, I'm pretty sure I was wrestling around with Frankie Pirelli and, uh, you know, it just, I, I felt it pop again. Like, that's not good. Right. And uh, we, we had it looked at and, and sure enough, I had the, that tear and um, ended up having to go through surgery and taking that year off. So it wasn't something that was really a, uh, you know, hey, can you ever make this happen? It was, hey, let's just go through the motions and, and get back, you know, but um, unfortunately with those shoulder injuries, they take time. And, you know, I don't know that I took enough time to really make sure I was 100%. And then, uh, you know, again, it was kind of just chronic after that, right? The rest of my career. And did you even go to the Nationals in 08 or did you stay back? I did go. Yep. Me and a couple of buddies, we drove out. We went there, um, watched it. Um, you know, it, it sucked, right? Watching it. And um, I, think, I think maybe Angel won that year, I want to say. Um, so, it, I mean, it, you know, it, it hurt. Um, but nothing changed. Right. It, it was the same goal. Just got to get ready for next year. It wasn't my time. Um, we'll be ready to go next year. And that summer, the great Henry Cejudo wins his gold medal. And he's someone who I got to imagine your whole life growing up. You guys are maybe a weight class apart. Did you ever wrestle him growing up or? We never wrestled. Yeah, at, never wrestled. He was always the weight class below me. Um, we, you know, all throughout the years, we, we never hit, though. I mean, just, you know, craziest thing. We've trained together, right, you know, multiple times. But never never competed against each other but i got to imagine saw each other at fargo a bunch and we're kind of at all those tournaments you know going through it at the same time and so when he wins the gold medal did that have any impact on you at all for sure you know i mean i think it does anytime right when you see somebody that you feel like you know you're you're right there with or you know could have beat or whatever um you know it, it definitely makes an impact i mean i remember getting up at you know, whatever time it was, you know, two, four o'clock in the morning watching his gold medal match and, you know, in 08. And um, yeah, it's like, man, I, I, I should be there. Right. So, I mean, I might've even gotten up right then and gotten a workout in right, right after, yeah. but uh, I, ca I can't remember, but it was, um, I mean, all those little things, right. They all add a little extra motivation. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, cause I was looking at your, you know, your resume throughout the brackets and I'm like, did you ever consider going up to 133? Um, yeah, I don't really know if you were cutting a lot of weight or not, but you know, when you're out with an injury, you naturally gain weight because you're not working out. So was there any thought of you ever going up to a weight class? Every year after my freshman year, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to say I was big for the weight. I don't know if it was necessarily, I was big for the weight is I was probably undisciplined in, in my nutrition and my weight cut, uh, things like that. Um, just being a young kid, right. I see it all the time now. I mean, it was, it was probably more of a discipline issue. You know, I could have could have been big enough, but, um, it, it was just better for the team that I stayed down. You know, it really was. And, um, again, Rob and I had that conversation. Hey, it's better for you to be down to 25. Okay. I'm going to, that's, that's where I'm going then. Yeah. And, and you guys, those last two years had some great teams, you know, Oh nine, when you got the job done, um, team was, could have, could have, you know, was ranked high all year, but then this following year, Cornell takes second as a team. So, I mean, it's so much fun when you're on a winning team. Not that, you know, many of us can have experienced that, but um, you know, you were one of the rare ones that got to experience the individual title, but also, you know, putting some new uh, records up for the team. And that had to be pretty cool. You know, it, it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of in my career, you know, and I, I think it's, it's such a uh, balance, you know, being a, a, a competitive wrestler, especially in an individual sport, because, 
as an athlete, um, you know, my teammates probably tell you, I mean, I, I, I was super selfish as an athlete, right? It was, you know, blinders on, it was, you know, what, what is best for Troy? And, um, you know, it was probably one of the qualities that allowed me to have the success that I did. But um, at, at the same time, you know, it's, it's tough because, you know, it's, it's an individual sport, but it is a team sport, right? And that senior year, um, I lost in the second round of the national tournament, right? Um, I, I had already won my national title. My shoulder was a complete mess by that point. And I remember sitting down with Rob and, you know, having a conversation and, you know, Rob gave me the option and said, Hey, if you're, if you're just ready to be done, like it's okay. <laughs> right. And I, I'd be lying if I said it didn't cross my mind. Right. Like, it, it sounds so like, good. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't care about third, fourth, fifth, like who, who cares. Right. It, it's, um, you know, my goal was to win it. It was, it was first or bust. So mm -hmm. um, it, I, I'd be lying if I said it didn't cross my mind, but at the end of the day, I remember, you know, being back in the hotel and, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I don't even know if I was starting my weight cut by then, you know, or what was going on, but we had an excellent first uh, or last session that first day, you know, as a team. And, um, you know, it was kind of one of those like, crap, like I, I got to do it now. Right. I, I got to do this. It's not about me. I'm doing it for the team. And I was able to wrestle all the way back to that third place match, ended up finishing fourth got a lot of pinpoints on the, on the backside, but it was probably one of those finishes looking back on it now. And once it was over that I am most proud of because it was, it was a totally unselfish move and, and doing something for somebody other than myself, right. Which hadn't happened <laughs> at that point in that, in my career. So, um, you know, I, I tell guys all the time, I mean, just doing it as a group, it, it feels so much better. It really does. Yeah. And it's funny you say that you were a selfish wrestler because, you know, now as a coach, it's, it's the ultimate selfless thing. Um, so, but so like back when you were a competitor, you know, a competitor and you're going through your season, you're, you're totally hyper-focused on yourself. Like what's your daily routine? Like, are you having much of a social life or is it narrowed in and laser focused? I mean, you're still talking back, back in the day, right? Yeah. I'm talking like Cornell yeah. when you're on the hunt still. Yeah. I mean, there, there was very little social life. Right. I mean, and you know, I, wouldn't call myself a hermit by any means, you know, but I mean, I, 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 I didn't have the friends. I didn't have the parties, you know, things like that going on. It, it was, it was all goal oriented, right. I, I was completely driven just to that. And, um, you know, again, I think with what, whatever you're doing, right. If you're trying to be the best at it, you have to be different than others. And, um, there's going to be sacrifices that have to be made. And, you know, I, I almost hate calling them sacrifices, right? Because they're not, they're choices. You know, they're choices you're making because you're trying to reach a specific goal. And, um, you know, when you can value one thing over another, it doesn't hurt as bad because you know why you're doing it, right? So, um, yeah, that, that there was a lot of choices that were made that, you know, it, it just was what it was. Yeah, and I got to imagine for you, that must have started, you know, way back in eighth grade to, to go on the run you did. You must have been putting on some some serious time, and, you know, Yanni actually says that all the time. It's not a sacrifice. It's a, it's a choice. And I, I love that concept. Um, yeah. And so once you, you know, once you get, you get out of that environment, now you're in the coaching world, was it hard for you to adopt you know, or, or adapt? I should say, once you got to Iowa state and you kind of switched roles a little bit there. It, it really wasn't because at that point in my career, I, I would, I was done competing. Right. So it was no longer about me. Um, you know, I, I think, again, one of the reasons I decided to pursue this career path was, 
you know, again, after taking a couple of years to really sit back and reflect on my career and, you know, what my coaches have done for me and things like that, like, you know, I appreciated it so much more, you know, and being able to look back on it, you know, and not being in the moment. I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, Rob Cole, Steve Garland, those guys, I've gone to them and apologized. Like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I must have been a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> really? You know? Oh, I'm, I'm telling you. Like, I, you know, and, and I was, no agree, right? But I'd how so? Just too, because, right? like, you were, like, wanting to just get it in for yourself? Like, how, how, you have any examples? Yeah, I mean, it was just it was just that, that selfish nature, right? You know, and just everything's me, 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 you know? But, um, again, you know, they, they don't take it personal, right? Because right. that's that is the job. Right. But I think at the same time, that's allowed me to be a better coach because, um, all of these different athletes are different. Right. And some guys need more attention than others. And, you know, sometimes when I get that athlete, right. Who he, he's, he's very needy. Right. It's, it's, I don't know if I want to say it's karma. Right. But it's a little bit of that coming back on me, you know, Hey, I got to get up at two in the morning to go cut weight with this guy. He got weigh-ins <laughs> in six hours. Right. It's like, yeah, I, I was I'm on the other side of that. So, uh, I, I guess, uh, reap what you sow, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's awesome. That is, especially to hear you say that because, you know, you have that perspective now and, uh, you know, it's just, it's funny. I, I had a, as you're telling this story, I don't know why, but in my head, I'm thinking I had Tony Ramos, his high school coach on about a month ago. And he was like, amazing, but pain in the ass. Like he was like, like you, like any of those, you know, elite, elite talents, they require a lot of attention because, you know, when you think about high school, you're not wrestling that national schedule. And you think about you in college, you had the competition in the schedule, but you know, the injury bug kind of kicking around. So probably a lot of, you know, exceptions and stuff like that for you to, to get through those seasons. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's 100% maybe a better coach, you know, because I I've learned that, you know, there, there's a lot of give and take, you know, and every situation with every specific athlete, it's different, you know, and you almost have to look at them different. Um, well, trying to maintain a culture amongst your team too. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's a very delicate balancing act and um, you, you just got to try to find that right balance. Yeah. And, and before we go on to the, to Iowa state and the coaching, I do have to ask about two more things from your wrestling days. One is when you were a senior, the great Kyle Dake wins his first title and you get to be around him. And I'm sure you knew him, you know, from being in New York guys, but you know, as the older statesman, what was the impact on you watching Kyle Dake that freshman year kind of, you know, run through everybody? You know, so Kyle, I mean, you know, he, he was quite a bit younger than me, but we, we grew up together, right? He was part of that Shamrock program as well, right? You know, so, I mean, I, I remember seeing, you know, Kyle in there, you know, training and whatnot, and he was similar in a lot of ways, right? He was, he was very good, but he was never the best, right? And um, so I, I've, I've seen Kyle Russell since he was eight years old, but, uh, you know, even his freshman year, I mean, you know, I, I remember, I mean, I was 25 pounders, senior, he's a true freshman, 41 pounder he's actually a 41 pounder at that time too, you know, getting in there and, you know, getting on top of him at least and being able to, you know, put it on him a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and then um, he goes out there and, you know, obviously he has a great season. He knocks off some really tough guys and I've been through it. Right. And um, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but just going through it. Right. You know, you, you know what it takes to, to win and, you know, be at that next level. And I'm like, he's, you know, he's very good. He's, he's just not ready yet. Right. And uh, sure enough, he goes out there, he freaking wins the thing. Right. And it, it wasn't long after that, that I realized like what made Kyle special is, I mean, his, his will to win, right. He's, he's just going to find a way. And, you know, ever since it's like, 
you know, I've got to say, it's like, you don't bet against Kyle Day, right? Yeah. Like he's going to find a way to do it. Like, you know, I mean, you get all the naysayers out there, whatnot. He's a guy that's just going to find a way. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I mean, you know, I wrestled with him a little bit that next year when I was still around, you know, and it's like, man, he's pretty dang good. I can't wrestle him on my feet anymore. You know, and then he outgrows me. I'm like, I'm definitely not touching him anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, j- just uh, again, I, I, I think when you have guys like him, you know, or wrestling for their fourth world title coming up here and, you know, another day, 24 hours. I mean, it's um, there are certain things that make them special and, you know, they're, they're unique, but it's only a guy like Kyle Dake that's willing to do the things that he needs to do to be successful. And that's what makes him special. And, and along those lines, was he someone who every day is coming in doing the right thing or was he kind of having uh, up and ups and downs from like training consistency back then? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Kyle, Kyle was hundred percent locked in working his butt off, doing the right things each and every day. Um, I mean, it, there wasn't ever a time where you'd question, you know, is he doing enough? Is he doing the right things? Um, you know, very, um, very coachable, right? I mean, ask the right questions. I mean, you know, never thinks he's above anything, right? I mean, you know, Kyle, you know, I mean, be a couple time national champ, he'll be the first guy to step in there and wash the mats before you have to practice too, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's very selfless in a lot of ways. So um, again, it's a lot of those just unique qualities that add up together that make a guy like him so special. Yeah, now he's awesome. And like you said, competing tomorrow, uh, I believe it's tomorrow. And uh, this podcast will go live today, so it'll all be current. You know, the, the last thing I got to ask you about, of course, is 2009 National Championships. You get the W, um, you know, you place first, second, third, and fourth, and, and not that order. But, you know, so you've seen it all. What, you know, as you think back to that tournament, where were you at mentally going into that one? I was really, you know, laser focused. Um, you know, it, it was, it was again, like, you know, kind of that I have to win, right. I have to do it right now. And, um, again, there was a lot going on outside of wrestling in my life that I was probably naive to just not even aware of, right. That, um, could have affected me, but I was so laser focused that it just didn't. Um, and, um, you know, I was just, I was very fortunate, right. To win it when I did. And, um, you know, my father was very sick at the time. Um, I didn't realize how sick he was. Um, you know, we had some very gracious donors who to this day, you know, I thank them from the bottom of my heart that were able to fly him out there, get him there. He was in the stands, kind of saw the benefit of all that hard work, that time that he put into me, you know, kind of, you know, reached the pinnacle, right. Yeah. For, for wrestling in the United States. So it was a, just a, a very joyous feeling and, um, you know, probably a little bit of relief as well, uh, for me personally, but just to have, uh, to have him there, it, it was, it was so special. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And I know you guys had a, a really cool moment afterwards. Before that match, when you're in the tunnel, knowing that you have this lifetime of work, dedication going into it, your family's in the stands. Were you someone who had like a pre-match routine in terms of like self-talk visualization? Yeah, 100%. And um, I, I, I remember being back in that tunnel because, you know, you do the whole parade of champions. And then, you know, back then you started at 25, no matter what. So I was the first match, but there's probably a good 15 minutes of, you know, just getting set up and TV and all these things that you're waiting on. And, um, I, I was going through my, my usual routine. And, um, I, I remember there was just, uh, not a doubt in my mind that I was going to lose that match. You know, it was, it was one of those, it, it was almost a calming 
feeling. I wasn't nervous. I mean, I had already been in the finals before. Um, it, it was it, it was very calm, to be honest. But there, there just wasn't a doubt of hesitation in my mind that I was going to go win that match. And um, I, I wrestled a terrible match. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I found a way to win, right? And, I mean, that's what it takes sometimes. But, um, you know, things don't always go perfect. But uh, luckily, I found a way. <laughs> I mean, but th- those brackets you were in, I was looking back at it. I mean, there's so many good guys. And you guys have probably all wrestled so many times. Those matches were all very, you know, a lot of times were very close. Like, you know, freshman year, you had Coleman Scott in there. I don't even think, you know, he was in, uh, maybe he got like fifth or sixth. It's like, I mean, those were loaded, loaded weights at that 125 mark. Yeah, they were pretty tough. Um, I, somebody just, I, my one assistant coach was showing me um, not too long ago, they were coming out with, you know, the top bracket, top 10 brackets in the last, well, I guess probably more than 10 years now, top 20 brackets in the last 20 years or whatever. And mm-hmm. I, I think a couple of my brackets were up there as like one and two, right? You know, it oh, was, yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting to see that, but, um, yeah, it's one of those things you don't think about it at the time. Right. But looking back on it, yeah, they're, they're pretty tough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Joe Dubuque, Sam Hayeswinkle, you had Angel Escobedo. I mean, these are like hey, legit hammers. I don't know if you ever wrestled Coleman Scott, but he was in a couple of those, but I mean, just, just legendary Coleman, battles. Nick Simmons, Nick Chad Simmons, Mendez. The I, mean, uh, I mean, so many guys. Absolutely. Yeah, man. That's awesome. So, I love that you were out of Iowa state because KJ is one of the coolest cats you'll ever talk to. And everyone you interview is like, man, KJ just gets you excited. It gets you fired up. And you had been in the Ivy league for so long. What were some of your first impressions about Iowa state and, and wrestling or coaching with KJ? You know, it, it really intrigued me a lot. You know, I, I, like I said, I was done with my competitive career at that point. And, you know, I, I knew I wanted to coach and I had opportunities to stay at Cornell. Right. But in a lot of ways, I knew, I felt like I already knew the system, right? I knew, you know, how Rob ran his program. And for me, it was really important to get out and see something else. And I had a couple other opportunities, really good opportunities, you know, some, you know, similar to Cornell um, that, you know, they're probably seeking me out more than, than the Iowa state job. But, um, you know, when the Iowa State job came available, I mean, it was one of those that I, I really reached out to KJ immediately and said, hey, you know, would you consider me? Because it was kind of that polar opposite from a program like Cornell. I mean, you know, it's Iowa State. They've got the history. It's a, it's a big time Power Five program, right? I was really mm-hmm. intrigued to see how, you know, those Power Five programs operated. And, um, you know, getting out there, I mean, it, it was such a great experience for me. I learned so much in the two and a half years I was there. Um, being around guy like KJ, I mean, he, he is one of, if not the best technician I've ever been around in my life, you know, he is fantastic in the really? room. Um, you know, it, it, it was just such a great experience and it really, you know, between my experience, you know, with Rob and knowing his side of the business and then, you know, the training athletes, training high-level athletes with KJ, it, it, it was just that that thing that, you know, projected me on that fast track to being a head coach so quickly, because I, I felt like I was really prepared at that point. And when you took the job at Iowa state, like if you fast or rewind six months before that, were you still thinking about dental school or had you decided on becoming like the head coach trajectory? It was right about that time when I, when I had changed. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was at Iowa state, it was all in coaching. Right. Um, you know, it was months before that, right after I, um, uh, really got done competing that you know I spent a year at the Finger Lakes Wrestling Club in Ithaca where I wasn't competing anymore I was 
you know, still studying for my dental exam. I was coaching the club. And, you know, during that time, I, I found myself studying or studying less and coaching more. Right. And I, I realized, you know, hey, this is where my passion is. This is really what I want to do. So um, I, I just took the ball and ran with it. I love it. What was the, if anything, was there any big differences between like the Power Five programs and, uh, and Cornell? Or was it more hype than, than reality? No, I think there's a ton of differences, you know, <laughs> it's, um, you know, Cornell, it's, um, you're, you're doing at a Cornell at a Northern Colorado, right. You're doing a lot of things that people don't see a lot of that behind the scenes stuff, right. You're, you're doing the fundraising, you're doing the alumni engagement, you know, you're filling out paperwork, um, you know, just all of the, the little stuff, right. That you don't think about, um, at Iowa State, I was able to just coach, right? I, I coached and I recruited. That that was it, you know? Paperwork, yeah. you got somebody for that, you know? <laughs> Fundraising, don't worry about it. We got plenty of money, you know? Um, it, it, it was just crazy, right? You know, you could actually focus on on, on coaching. And, um, you know, there there's a lot of positives to that. Um, and, you know, it really just helped me as a coach developing relationships with athletes. And, you know, you've seen two of my kids that I coached, I kids are grown men now, but guys that I've coached at Iowa State that have assisted with me, um, you know, it, you develop those relationships that, you know, are lifelong relationships and um, it, it's, it's very impactful. Yeah. I mean, it's just cool to see like on your resume, you look at a Cornell grad, all that experience, the wrestling accolades off the charts. And then you get to Iowa State, like you said, a power and you're, you're working under the former Olympic coach you know, from 2000 to, I don't remember exactly when he got there, but I mean, so you, you see it all. And when you get to Northern Colorado, the first two months in, are you having like that? Oh shit moment. Or are you like really getting in there and loving it? Cause I've heard both sides of it from all the folks we've had on the podcast. Yeah. I, I never really had that moment. Um, you know, I had a pretty good idea of what I was getting into. Um, I knew it was going to take time and it was all about just getting better every day, you know, and, and I think it was, um, there was just so much to do. I, I really needed to find a way to prioritize getting the things that really mattered done. Right. And I mean, again, you're talking, I just arrived there. I've got five and a half scholarships. I've got, you know, a team that has a ton of academic and APR issues. Right. Um, how many you know, coaches? I, I, I one assistant coach. Oof. Um, I mean, it, it, it was, it was a mess, right? I mean, so it was really kind of, you know, I, I say in a lot of ways, it would have been easier to start a brand new program, right? Because we had to change the culture and everything about the program before we were able to actually grow and build. So it was, um, I, I learned a lot in those first few years, right? And I, I, I certainly made mistakes. I mean, you know, I still make mistakes on a daily basis, but um, it, it, it made me a better coach because of it. And um, again, you know, we've, I've got my, you know, vision plans one year, five year, 10 year, right. And, you know, it's fun to go back and look at those and, you know, say, man, you know, we accomplished that a heck of a lot quicker than I thought we would. And, you know, looking at those other goals, goals and saying, man, I was clueless. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't realize how hard this was, um, but uh, no, it, it's, it's been fun. And, you know, it, again, I, I keep a picture here in my office every day um, of the first team that I had here. Right. And um, it, it's just our team photo, but it, it's a good reminder to me in those days where maybe I'm struggling or whatnot mentally, just, um, you know, maybe we didn't have a great practice. We're not getting what I feel like we need to get done. Right. Going back and looking at that and saying, man, like 
we've come a long way, right? We're continuing to grow. And again, that's not a knock on any of those guys that were here, right? I've got great relationships with those guys, but they understand that that was the first group that was really here to change that culture and get this program back to success. Yeah. I mean, what you, what you've learned from that first year now must be, you look back and just back, it's insane how much, you know, and you knew a lot of wrestling coming in, but like you being a head coach and really running the show, you were the youngest head coach in D1 at the time. It's a uh, pretty remarkable. What's like the one thing that you, maybe you, you wish you knew on D1 or is there any, anything obvious that sticks out to you there? Um, you know, if I, if I had a to do over, it was, it was probably not worrying about the things that don't really matter. Right. And focusing on the things that are going to really make a difference, you know, um, Again, if our SID had spelled somebody's name wrong or, you know, <laughs> a roster was wrong or whatever on the website, you know, not, not letting that stuff get to you, right? It's not going to move the needle really in the grand scheme of things, you know? I mean, I, I'm a lot of ways type A personality, probably a little bit of OCD, right? I mean, I'm a perfectionist in a lot of ways. So that stuff used to bug me a lot, right? When, when it wasn't perfect, but it doesn't really matter right? There's other things that are going to matter more. I could be out, you know, instead of worrying about that, recruiting the next guy that's going to help impact this program, or I can be out talking to that big donor who's going to really impact the program. Um, There's other things that matter than all those little minute details. Yeah. No, it's a, I mean, you can only be as good as you were through the, through being kind of a type A personality like that. Um, Well, it's been awesome to chat and kind of go through your career and just understand where you guys are going now. I know you have a lot of freshmen coming in this year and, um, you know, how do you pronounce Andrew's last name? Uh, uh, Aliris. Aliris. Yeah. Aliris. Yeah. He's awesome. I mean, he was so close to getting on the podium last year. So does he have two years left or one year left? He's got two years and a red shirt. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, kind of what happens. I mean, obviously he's, he's ready to go this year. He had a fantastic summer. Um, Again, I've said it a couple of times so far this year. He's going to be on the podium. It's just a matter of how high, you know, he, he had a great summer. He really focused on, he focused on, you know, the, the folk style side of things, you know, and he's taken some time to reflect and, you know, I mean, he's always had a lot of God given natural abilities. Um, but, you know, I tell you what, I mean, he has transformed so much in the past three years, you know, he is by far the hardest worker in our room. He does more than anybody else. I mean, he does those extra things that it takes to be successful and um, you know, texting with him just, you know, just before this, you know, he's uh, he actually hasn't been a practice the last two days because he just had his wisdom teeth out, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, texting with him. Hey, you know, did you watch Zane? You know, yeah. You know, I watched him like, I'm not surprised. Like, yeah, he's, he's smashing these dudes. It's like, okay, well you wrestled with Zane this summer, right? You know, you were down in national team camp, you know, what do you think? It's like, there's no re- reason I can't smash these dudes. Right. And he's, exactly. he's not, he's not wrong. You know, I mean, he's super talented and I, I think being able to wrestle with a lot of those guys this summer, I mean, he wrestled with Zane, he wrestled with Burroughs, he wrestled with Yanni up and down those lineups. I mean, it really kind of opened his eyes a little bit to that aha where, you know, Hey, it's, it's my time. I got to figure this out. And I got to think that's a huge advantage for you guys to, to pitch that, Hey, we're close to the OTC. Like you can get there. Yeah, I, I don't know how close it is, but you're within the same state. I mean, is that something you guys do is get your guys over to the, those camps if possible? We try to as much as we can. Yeah. You know, we, we've been very fortunate. I mean, you know, even when 
you know, obviously when school's out of session, it's easy, right? But I mean, it's only a two hour drive, less than a two hour drive. So, um, you know, sometimes even when school's in session, you know, I mean, you know, our academic coordinators have been able to work with professors and whatnot. Hey, there's a camp going on this week. They need training partners. Go, right? Go, go train with them. So um, it's been very, very helpful with our program, you know, just our guys being able to put their hands on those best guys, um, seeing how they live, right, I think is, has been very important, you know, you, obviously you can see how they'll, they'll train, but seeing how they live, you know, the things they do outside the room are, are just as important as the things they do inside the room, and um, yeah, it's helped our guys a ton. Did you ever live out there? For a quick, quick stint, about six months. But six yeah. months, wow, when yeah. was that, 08 or 12? Uh, that, that was getting ready for 12, yeah, I was there um, probably at the end of 10, early 11. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's, I didn't realize you were out there. Oh, who was the, uh, the hook that got you out there during that time? Uh, Brandon Slay was, was the developmental coach at that time. So, um, yeah, it was one of those things. It was kind of that last ditch, um, effort to, you know, really see if I could do, uh, you know, reach my goals on that international scene. Unfortunately, I wasn't healthy enough. Right. I, I came to that conclusion pretty quickly and, and jumped out, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a good experience for me though. Yeah. I mean, just to, again, to have that experience is certainly valuable. And coach, we'll sign off here, but you know, usually we last ask people, how did wrestling change their life? You, it's like wrestling is so much ingrained in your life. I feel like, uh, you know, a better question is, you know, if someone wants to come out and support the program, do you guys have any big home duels you drive people to, or like what's the best way to, uh, to get involved and come see the program? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just showing up, right. You know, just being involved. I mean, you know, our home dual attendance is growing tremendously right now. You know, we've really, um, you know, established ourselves as one of the programs on campus that people want to go see. Right. So um, I can't remember um, who our big home duels are this year. Um, I, I, I want to say it's going to be South Dakota state and Cal Poly. Okay. Um, those are both be in January. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just, just keep following us. Right. I mean, I think we're on the brink, we've been getting better every year and I, I think we're really close to punching through and just taking that, that next giant leap. It's awesome to see because, you know, you and, uh, UNC went D one, I think like Oh five Oh six somewhere in there. And so like, it's important to get more D one programs. I mean, it, we're definitely seeing some growth at the D three level, but the fact that you're leading the charge there is just so awesome. And it's been on an honor to have you on the podcast and, Just want to thank you very much for your time, Coach. I appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life with Troy Nickerson. Wrestling Changed My Life is proudly presented by Spartan Combat. This episode was sponsored by Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash WCML to get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D. That's athleticgreens.com slash WCML for five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D droplets. That's it for Wrestling Changed My Life. We'll see you next time with Kevin Dresser.